The Mishnais now continue the discussion of how the Korban Pesach must be roasted, because as we learned in the previous Mishnah, the Torah prescribes that it has to be roasted by fire, it can't be cooked by any other material or any other liquid, and because of that, in Tzolim Sapesach food, it is forbidden to roast the Korban Pesach on a metal spit, a large metal stick, nor may unroast it on a metal tray. Because the metal will heat up, and the metal will end up, the heat of the metal will end up cooking the Korban Pesach, as opposed to the fire directly. Now the Gemara explains that there is a Chisri Mechsra over here. A Chisri Mechsra refers to when there are certain words in the Mishnah which were missed out, and you sort of need to add it in yourself. And that Chisri Mechsra tells us that if the metal tray was really a sort of metal netting, and all he uses it for is to support the stick, the spit which he is using, but the actual animal is not actually resting on the metal. In that case, it is permitted. So he would use, for example, a, like we learned in the previous Mishnah, a spit made out of pomegranate wood, where no moisture or water emanates from the spit, so it can be used because that means that only the fire is cooking the animal and not the water. So it's permitted to use that stick and then to place that stick on this metal netting and the animal would be in the hole in between the metal parts, such that the animal itself is only being cooked by the fire. And indeed, Omar Ritzodik, Rabbi Tzodik said, There was a story, it once happened, that Rabbi Gamliel told his servant, Tovi, Go out and roast uh, the Korn Pesach for us, on this metal tray, and we're referring to specifically a metal tray, where it has a very big hole in the middle, it's really just a metal netting, which you support the stick on, but the actual animal is not actually on the metal tray. Continues Mishnah. If any of the animal touches the earthenware of the oven, so it comes into contact with the side of the oven. So the side of the oven is of course very hot. So that part which touched it was cooked by the side of the oven. Says Mishnah. He needs to peel off that place which touched the oven. And even just by peeling a tiny, thin layer of the animal, the bit itself which touched it, that is enough. Because no other part of the animal was actually cooked by the side of the oven. Second scenario, not af rot boy al If part of the meat juice dripped onto the earthenware of the oven, so that juice was now cooked by that part of the oven, the chazer and then the juices went back onto the meat. So the part where it went onto is now being cooked by those drops. And this time the drops are very hot, and they get absorbed slightly into the meat, which means that they penetrate deeper into the animal, and don't just cook the upper layer. Slightly more of the animal, slightly deeper, is cooked. And in this case, Yitalis Mekoyimai, he needs to take its place off, and the Mepharshim explained that he needs to remove the thickness of a finger from where the juice dropped back onto the meat. Okay, and the third scenario, not off Meyot by Alasilis, if part of the meat juice dripped onto flour, and the flour was boiling hot in the oven, and so it cooked that, and then it dropped back onto the meat. So this time the, ju- the drops of juice and the flour penetrate even deeper into the animal, and cook even more of it, so in this case, he needs to really take an entire handful of the animal, remove it from the animal, and dispose of it, because it is an invalid part of the Korban Pesach, since it was not totally cooked by the fire. Although it is forbidden to cook the Koran Pesach in a liquid or in water, it is permitted to smear and coat the animal with a thin layer of oil, for example, before roasting it, because it's not considered to be that the oil is cooking the animal, because it's only smeared with a thin layer of the oil. Now what happens if somebody did smear it with oil? 
they smeared the animal with trimmer oil. So im chavras kranim, if it's a group of kranim who are part of this Korban Pesach, so of course they can eat it, because trimmer is the gift which is given to kranim, and only kranim are allowed to eat it. And since all the group is kohanim, they are permitted to eat this Korban Pesach in Yisrael. But what happens if it's a group of Yisraelim? So they can't just eat it like it is, because that would be eating truma. That would be consuming truma oil. So the Mishnah says, Im chayhu, If the meat is still raw and it hasn't yet been cooked, then Yedichenu, he should rinse the meat, because since it's raw, it doesn't absorb the oil. And just by rinsing it, that is enough to get rid of all the oil. But if it is already roasted, there's still a solution. All he needs to do is peel off the outer layer. That's where the oil was smeared onto. And since in general it wouldn't be a lot of oil, so it wouldn't penetrate deep into the meat, deep into the animal, so only the outer layer needs to be removed, and then the rest of the animal can be eaten. Alright, second half of the Mishnah discusses oil, which is mysosheni. Mysosheni is a tenth of one's produce, which would, incl- which would include oil as well which one needs to bring up to Yerushalayim and eat over there. Now, if he does not want to bring up a tenth of his produce to Yerushalayim, there is another solution, which is that he can redeem it onto money, and then that money gains Maishashani status, and then he brings up the money to Yerushalayim and spends that money in Yerushalayim on other food items. Now, the halach is that if one brings the actual Maishashani produce, he doesn't redeem it, he actually brings the Maishashani produce or the oil to Yerushalayim. Once he has entered Yerushalayim, it is then forbidden to exchange that for anything or to redeem it onto anything else, and the Maishashani itself has to be eaten as it is. Says the Mishnah, If they smeared the Korm Pesach with Maishashani oil, so let's say one of the members of the group had some Maishashani oil, and he smeared it all over the Korm Pesach, he is not able to charge the other members of the group for the Maishashani, because that would mean that the other people are effectively paying for the Maishashani oil, and that is very similar to redeeming the Maishashani on Tamani, and so therefore the Rabbonon forbade it, because it is forbidden to redeem the Maishashani on Tamani, to transfer the status and the Kedusha, the holiness of the Maishashani, onto other things. So the Rabbonon said that it's also forbidden to sell it, because it's very similar to redeeming it. Mr. Dalit, although it is a severe prohibition in general to offer up a korban or to eat a korban whilst one is Tomei, it is learned from Sukkim that when it comes to a korban Pesach, if the majority of the Jewish people who are there in Yerushalayim ready to bring the korban Pesach, or if the majority of the Kohanim who are in Yerushalayim ready to carry out the service of the korban Pesach, in either of those two cases, then that year, the korban Pesach can be bought in a state of being Tomei. We'll learn later on that this doesn't necessarily apply to all types of tumor, but it does apply to tumas mace, tumor which comes from being in contact with a dead body. Now we learn from this special halacha when it comes to Korban Pesach, we learn from Korban Pesach to other public korbanos which have a fixed time. Just like Korban Pesach has a fixed time, we learn from Sukkim comparing that any public korban which has a fixed time, and the mission will give examples, if the majority of the Jewish people or the majority of the Koran and Matomei, then it can be brought in a state of Tumah. However, the point of this mission is to show us that there still exists a big difference between when a Korban Pesach is brought in a state of Tumah and when the public Korbanos, the other public Korbanos, are brought in a state of Tumah. When it comes to other Korbanos, the offering up of the Korban and the eating of the Korban are considered two separate things. However, when it comes to Korban Pesach, the Torah goes out of its way to say, Each man according to his eating, and we learn from there that the eating of the Korban Pesach is an intrinsic part of the offering up of the Korban Pesach. 
And therefore, just like it is permitted to offer out the Korban Pesach in a state of Tumah, it is also permitted to eat the Korban Pesach in a state of Tumah. Begins the Mishnah. Chamesh Dvarim, there are five things, five public Korbanos, which have a fixed time, brought in Tumah. They can be brought in a state of Tumah, again, as long as the majority of the Jewish people or the majority of the Kohenim are Tomei. But if they cannot be eaten in a state of Tumah, because in that regard, they are not learnt from a Korban Pesach. Because the eating of these Korbanos is not considered to be the same level as the eating of the Korban Pesach. So what are these five? Ha'omer, the Korban Omer which is brought on the second day of Pesach. An offering of barley flour. Ushtea lechem, the two loaves of bread which are brought on Shavuos. Together with some Korbanos as well, animal Korbanos. Velechem aponim, the twelve loaves of bread which were replaced in the Beis HaMikdosh on every Shabbos. The public Shalomim Korbanos, and these are brought on Shavuos. Only on Shavuos is there a Korban Shalomim, which is a Korban Sibur, a public Korban. And the goats which are brought as part of the Korbanos for Rosh These, and also happens to be the Gemara explains others as well, pretty much any public Korban which has a fixed time can theoretically be brought in a state of Tumah as long as the conditions are fulfilled. Meaning you have to have at least the majority of the Jewish people or the majority of the Karnim with Tomei for this leniency to apply. On the other hand, says the Mishnah, Pesach If a Karim Pesach is brought and offered up in a state of Tumah, when the conditions apply, Nechol B'Tumah, it is also eaten in a state of Tumah, because it was only offered up in the first place for the sake of eating it. As we explained, the eating is considered an intrinsic and very important part of the entire service of the Karim Pesach. Hey, another application of this distinction between the Korban Pesach and other Korbanos is now given. If the meat of the Korban Pesach becomes Tomei, but the fats of the Korban Pesach, which are supposed to be burnt on the Mizbeach and not eaten, they still exist in their original state of purity. So we're not discussing a case of Tomei in this case. It's a regular Pesach where the majority of the Jews are Tahar, and the Korban was brought in a state of Tara, but then after the Korban was slaughtered, and the fat was separated from the meat, the meat became Tomei and the fat is not Tomei. And we're discussing a case where the blood has not yet been thrown onto the Mizbeach. Now in general, the blood is thrown onto the Mizbeach pretty much straight after the slaughtering. But in this case, it must be a case where they waited around a bit. For whatever reason, the blood was not yet thrown onto the Mizbeach, such that we now have a situation where the meat of the Korban Pesach, which is generally eaten, is now Tomei. And since the Korban was brought in a state of purity, the leniency of the previous Mishnah does not apply. And so this Korban needs to be burnt and it cannot be eaten. And since we learned in the previous Mishnah that a main, very significant part of the Korban Pesach service is the eating of the Korban Pesach, if already before the blood has been thrown onto the Mizbeach, the meat is not fitting to be eaten, you cannot continue with the service, and so Ena Zorikas Adami does not throw the blood onto the Mizbeach, because it is not a Korban Pesach which is fitting to be eaten. Now what happens if it's the other way around? Nit Mahachilev, if the fats which are generally burnt on the Mizbeach are not eaten, if that becomes Tomei, such that they won't be able to be burnt on the Mizbeach now, the Habas but the meat which will be eaten in general, still exists in a pure state. So that means it is permitted still to eat the meat of the Korban Pesach, and therefore Zorik Saddam, he does continue with the process of the Korban, he does throw the blood onto the Mizbeach, because the Korban is still considered fit and ready to be eaten. And of course, this is where it is different to other Korbanos, with Amakdosh and Einakain. When it comes to other Korbanos, this is not the case. Even in a case where the meat, which is generally eaten, became Tomei, so you're not going to end up eating the Korban. 
and the fat is tahar. Says the Mishnah Zerikas Adam. Even in that way round, he would throw the blood onto the Mizbeach, since the eating is not considered such an intrinsic part of the other carbonos. So even if you're not going to end up being able to eat it, the service is still continued, and you would throw the blood onto the Mizbeach.